Hey, I'm Wyatt Welch, and you're listening to Echo Talk. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Echo Talk. My name is Wyatt Welch. I am your host of this podcast that you're listening to currently. So welcome, welcome. Really quick, if you haven't already, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or share it on your social media. One, it makes me super happy, but two, it also helps get Echo Talk out there so that way more people are listening. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, I would appreciate it greatly. I'm recording today on a beautiful sunny day. I have my windows open. So if you hear uh, crickets chirping and you hear birds singing, that's why. It's because I want the natural ambiance of the of the beautiful world in, in today's podcast. So we are going to start off today with our podcast pyramid of, drum roll please, the things that made me angry this week. I think that there are so many things in the world to be grateful for and to be happy about, but there are some things that have made me a little bit mad this week. So I felt like I should share them to release that toxicness, toxicness, toxicity, whatever the word is, out into the world so that way I can be cleansed of it and have a good week ahead of me. So starting off at the bottom of the pyramid, the thing that made me angry this week are spam calls slash emails. So I don't know about you guys, but in Utah, I get phone calls probably once or twice a day that are spam calls. They'll always call like Google business listings, which I don't own a business. They'll also call saying that my car insurance from, I almost said AutoZone is expiring. But all of these things are fake and they make me so angry because I just never know who I'm getting a call from. And I always wanna answer it because there's a part of me that thinks that someone on the other end is like, hey, we saw you as an ensemble member in this show and we loved you. So we're gonna cast you in this movie. It's an unreasonable, a very unreasonable thing, but this is what my mind goes to. So of course I always need to answer, but it just makes me angry that they're constantly happening. And then spam emails. I have these constant emails that are portraying my friend and it's it's so annoying because they just happen over and over and over and I block every email that comes through, but still they find a way to, to get in there. So that's at the bottom of my pyramid. My next spot up for things that made me angry this week was that when I called my friend Maddie to go take a nap at her house because I didn't want to drive home before my show, she said no. How rude. I just simply asked for a place to nap, a place to lay down my head, and Maddie Lolly says no, you cannot. I hate you. Go sleep outside on a bench. She didn't say that. She just said, not today because my house is messy. So I get it. So I wasn't too angry, but I was a little bit angry in the moment. So thank you, Maddie, for making the pyramid this week for me. Next up is gas prices. I am going to talk a little bit more about gas in a couple minutes here, or when I get to my next spot on the pyramid, but gas prices lately have just been infuriating. So I don't buy anything other than unleaded gas, which apparently is not a healthy thing for cars, but I've been doing it forever and I won't stop doing it because it's the cheapest option. I can't be out there spending $4.50 on a tank of gas or on a, a gallon of gas. My gas tank to fill probably once or sometimes even twice a week because I drive so much is about $90 each time. So it's expensive. And I just keep having this mentality of back in my day in high school, gas was only $2 a, a, a gallon. And why can't we go back to that? It's just, it's a little bit too much right now. And it does make me angry to think about, luckily the, the gas station that I pass by every day is still in the $3 section, but a lot of places are above $4 for unleaded and we can't be doing that here. Also unleaded and unleaded 
why not just call it unleaded? It makes much more sense. Unleaded sounds stupid, but whatever. Next up is that there was no chicken leftovers when I came home from rehearsal the other night. All I wanted, that all that I was looking for was a good chicken tender leftover from this gas station that we go to, Sinclair. It has the best chicken, ten- chicken tenders in the world. And I was just wanting that all day. You know when you're craving a food so bad and you're like, I'm just going to get home and I'm going to eat that and it's going to be so nice. I was craving that all day. And so then I text my dad like 10 o'clock on my way home. Like, hey, if there's any leftovers, can I please have them? He's like, they're all gone. And it was devastating. I was very upset. I mean, I was running on low energy. I was running on low hunger, low hunger or high hunger. I was running on hunger and I just was not in the mood to hear that news. I was not in the mood to hear a note that the chicken tenders were eaten and they were gone. So that was a little bit devastating. Next is, this wasn't this week in this past week, but it was recent enough within two weeks, so I'm including it. I ran out of gas for the first time in my life. I was driving to rehearsal and we were doing our costume fitting, so I was planning to be there on time. And my car usually tells me if I have zero miles left, it will have like a little gauge that shows how much I actually have left. So it said zero miles on my thing and I was about three miles away from my destination. And so I thought, oh yeah, I'll make it for sure. But I didn't because I ran out of gas right by Farmington High on the interstate. And so I pull over to the side of the road and I'm calling everyone that I can think of to try to come help me within like around my area. So I'm calling friends. I have a couple of friends that are like, hey, I can come like come pick you up if no one else can. It's like, okay. So I called my friend Jensen, Riley Jensen, her and her husband were going to come, but then Maddie was going to come. But th- so then I called Riley not to, and then Maddie ended up not coming. So I called my friend Kat and her dad came and helped me, which Darren, I think I've talked about this already. Oh no, it wasn't on a podcast. It was on my Snapchat. But regardless, I'm sitting there on the side of the road and I'm like, where is the incident management cars that come by and help people out? And then lo and behold, a sheriff pulls up. I'm like, great, I'm rescued, thank goodness. And he comes to my car and he's like, so why are you on the side of the road? I'm like, well, I ran out of gas. He goes, why are we playing that game? And at first I thought he was talking about like an app or something. And so I was prepared to be like, I wasn't on my phone. He's like, why aren't you filling up your gas tank? I was like, well, I did think I had more more gas left than, than I did. Usually my car will tell me. And he was so angry. He goes, I don't care. I don't care if your car's at a quarter tank, you go fill up your gas tank. And he's like, I don't get why you guys are playing this game of if you're running on empty, then go fill it up. And I'm just like, okay, thank you. Thanks, officer. This is exactly what I needed on the side of the road in the dead of heat of summer is to be scolded by a cop for running out of gas. So I'm obviously trying to get out of there as fast as I can. And he's getting mad at me. He's like, so is someone coming to get you? Like, yeah. And he goes, all right. And then stomps off and checks my license plate to probably try to get me in trouble or something. It was a Kaysville cop and Kaysville cops I've heard are kind of rude. So if you're a Kaysville cop and you pulled me over, just know you were kind of rude that day and you did make my pyramid at the second. But there was one person who tipped the scale of the angriness, the anger of Wyatt Welch. And that is the $75 parking ticket that I got when I went to Logan. I am still... I was shaking with how much anger I had. So I go park at Hudson's apartment and they have these stalls that say permit required. And so I parked there and I'm trying to get a permit and it's not pulling up. The website is saying that the website is invalid, that it's broken. There's no number to call. There's no other website. So I'm like, okay, well, it's it's late. It's like 10 o'clock. No one's in the office. I can't go get help for this. So I'm going to park here and then I'll try to fix it. But this was in November when I did that. And so then now 
I was like, yeah, it's still broken, still not working. I had Hudson try to pull it up on his phone too, not working. So the next day we're going out to get coffee for Dutch Bros and we see that my car has two boots on it. Not with the fur, the metal kind that stick to your car and you can't drive away. And I see a sign on my window that's like, a, it's a $75 parking ticket violation. Call this number to get help. So I'm pissed because I now have to spend my morning calling and fighting with these people. So I call the parking company and they're like, yeah, that's going to be $75. I'm like, well, your sign is broken. There's no sign. Like, there's no way I can get a permit. They're like, well, you can't, well, you shouldn't park there if you can't get a permit. I'm like, so no one can park in these spots then? That's stupid. And they're like, okay, yeah, that's kind of right. Which, duh, yeah. If the signs are broken, then you should still have people there. Like, there's no reason for people can't park there. It's not just one spot. There's like 10 of them. And it's the only parking that this apartment has. So he's like, all right, I'll send a driver to come down. So the driver comes down after 30 minutes and is talking to me. And he's like, can you try the website again? So I try it and I show him. And he's like, oh yeah, it is broken. I saw him type it in. So then he calls his boss and the boss is like, well, I just tried it on my phone and it worked. And I'm like, well, on Safari, it doesn't work. And when it's uh, when we pulled it up on the computer, it didn't work either. And so he's like, well, there's a phone number at the very entrance, and like in small, small letters, very small font that says parking enforced, whatever. And so I'm like, wait, you want me to get out of my car at 10 a.m. or 10, 10 p.m. is when I parked to go out to the main entrance of this apartment building complex to find your sign to call a number that would not answer in the middle of the night to get a parking pass. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, give me your, give me your manager's phone number, please. And he's like, well, I can't do that. I'm like, give it to me. And he's like, well, I'll, how about I have him call you? And I felt bad because I was getting a little bit angry with this kid who was probably about my age, but $75 for a broken sign ticket. And I fought it with Apple and they got disputed. So it got thrown out because they were wrong. So haha, gotcha. But it still made me angry because I had to talk to this person who I was like, you are stupid. You are stupid. And that's how my day went there. And after talking about it for the eighth time, I do feel better. I feel like it's out there now. I feel like I can move on. And now we are going to transition very softly into our self-love club episode today. So if you've been with me before, I have had a self-love podcast episode and it was fun. I, I get these cards from We're Not Really Strangers. And so there's this thing called the self-love edition. They have a bunch of different types, ones that you can kind of have conversation with friends, with your romantic partners. They have like a self-healing one, um, like after a break, oh, yeah, breakup, breakup ones. They have forgiveness ones. If you're struggling with forgiving someone, they're all really cool. I have a bunch of them, but I'm opening the self-love edition today with a couple more cards. So I'm excited to do this today because you guys really liked that last episode of when I did these. And I'm answering them from my own honesty and feel free to answer yours as well. If you want to share your responses with me and just t tell me about it, that's great. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. And it's a, kind of just a fun thing to ask yourself some questions that maybe you don't really get to ask yourself or maybe you don't think deeply about until you have to actually do it because it's playing a game. Kind of like my favorite things with games and vulnerability. Kind of a great thing there. All right, our first one. It says it's a wild card and it says to write out one thing you appreciate about the part of your body you're most insecure about. I mean, obviously it's my, okay. I actually had two answers for this one. And I think I talked about this before, but it would be my hands and my forehead because one, my forehead is giant. And two, my hands have scars on them from when I was little. It's, they just have some scars. And so they, they look a little bit ragged, I guess you could say, but 
The thing I am working on more is in 42nd Street, actually, I have to wear my hair back, which was my biggest nightmare forever. And I don't know why I stressed about it so much because once I got my hair up, I was like, okay, I have to face this. And that's the same day I got pulled over by the cop, by the way, is the same day I had to put my hair back. So I was like, thanks officer, you're really doing great here. But I get to the rehearsal and everyone was so nice to me. They were complimenting me. And I just really started to think like, is this just in my head? Like, I, I know my forehead's bigger than the average human, but I don't think it's as ginormous to others as I see it myself. And so I was just grateful. I was like, oh, okay. Like, I I do look okay here. I mean, I'm not a, a full 10, but I can at least rock a six here. And so I was actually really happy that I am feeling more and more comfortable with that now, that it's not something that I am dreading. And I have I, I really want to shout out a lot of the people for making me feel comfortable for that. And so thank you. Same thing with my hands. The thing I'm most grateful about them is I'm able to still use them. They said when I was younger that they probably wouldn't be able to work, but here I am podcasting. And I'm pretty sure I said that same exact sentence in the last episode, but I am still very grateful for that. Next, what compliment do I hear most that isn't about my physical appearance? This is a good one. Um, I... I hear that I'm funny, which is fun. I like that one. But my favorite compliment to hear that I, I do get quite a, a bit is people say that I have, uh, I've, I don't want to seem cocky, but I, it's self-love. It's not being cocky. It's just being confident. Okay. I'd say that it is, I have an ability to, to make people feel special. Um, I think that, that that's something that I, I get probably the most that isn't about physical appearance or the, the funny compliment, but it's just that I have an ability to make others feel special. And I really love that. I like to make, I like that. I, I like that I can make someone else feel important to make someone else feel like a main character because I, I love when I feel special and important. I like when I am having my main character moments. So I love being able to give that to someone else too. Um, I really, I really try to make others feel like that. So that's always a really good compliment. I think that's something I hear a lot about myself. What mistake of mine taught me the most recently? What did it teach me? Mm-hmm. Which one to choose from? What's a big mistake? I guess it doesn't have to be big either. Probably prioritizing things in the wrong order. I think that I can sometimes get really caught up in what I'm involved in, so theater and shows is I can really hyper-focus on those to where everything else kind of falls to the background. And it's not like I do it intentionally. It's just because I it makes me happy, so I just become super involved with it. But usually the, thing, the other things or the people in my life that I care the most about can sometimes take a back seat when I'm doing these things. And so that's a mistake that I learned. Uh, well, I guess I'm still learning it, honestly. I try to be better about it, especially with 42nd Street, because I knew it going into it that I, I have these tendencies to do that. So I've tried to have a better balance about being involved in something and still maintaining my priorities, but not giving up my happiness either. It's all a, it's a huge scale to try to balance that kind of stuff because shows take up so much of your time. So of course you have to be involved and invested, but you can't just make it your life either because then, like I said, things fall to the fall to the back and it's not healthy. And it, it can be really damaging for some relationships or friendships. And I don't think people talk about that enough, actually. I, I don't know. I don't think I'm the only one, but being in a show is definitely hard because you have to try to maintain your social life. 
with family and friends that aren't in the show, but you also want to maintain and build good report with the people that are in your cast, but you still want to practice, but still maintain a good work balance and skill. It's a tough thing. So I think that was a mistake that I've done quite a bit throughout high school and everything that I'm still trying to learn from and still trying to really work on and balance. But that's what it taught me. It's just a really keep in mind what's important even when the show is seemingly the most important thing in your life. What title would I give this chapter of my self-love journey? So if you don't know, I do think about my life as a TV show, so the seasons. I would say I'm not in a new season right now. The season began probably around like December. I'd say that's when it began. And I think we're to a mid-season finale coming up here soon. So the title I would give it would be probably Uncharted Territory, I guess. It's it's in a place of where I'm in a weird spot in life because I feel like I'm still eight years old sometimes and I want to play stupid games. But then I also kind of feel the pressure to act mature for my age at 24, which is a weird thing. Uh, also in just like romantic spots in life, also just in family spots in life. It's a whole new dynamic, I guess, that things are kind of shifting. And so it's a it's a lot of un, unknown ahead of me right now. And it's not necessarily something that I'm scared of. It's just I'm unsure of. And so I'm trying to be cautious, but also still trying to be brave with walking forward through all these things. Wow, look at that question go. Next question. What would I never want to change about myself? Get specific. I mean, to kind of reference the past episode, I believe I talked about like I really do love my heart. I feel like I care very deeply for people, uh, no matter no matter who it is, whether it be my family or friends or just acquaintances that I meet in in everyday situations. I try to I I try to hold a place for them, and I feel like there's a lot of times of where it's not met with the same energy or sometimes it's even it can be held against me of where I did have a place a, a, a more prominent place to care for them to I should say to actively show my care and appreciation for for people and then when I'm not able to anymore I don't have that capacity I don't have I, I guess I could say the time it can almost be met with anger or disappointment I guess is that making sense of where I'm no longer able to give someone the same attention, I guess, as I used to before because different spots of life. And it can kind of be met with, I don't know, disappointment or maybe not even from their side, but just guilt on my side of being like, I should I should be able to see this person. But if I was to do that, I would never have time for myself or time for new relationships that, that kind of build. And I don't want my heart to ever give out with that kind of stuff. I think it's just a, it's a hard balance sometimes trying to find that time for myself and time for others. I can feel myself a lot of the times and I've gotten better about it, but giving up my sanity or my comfort to make others feel comfortable and to make others feel, I don't care for, but I just have to, I have to find a better balance. (laughs) I feel like I've said balance so many times, but I... I just never want that part of me, the the caring part that truly does want to get to know people, people, get to know people on a better level. 
I don't want it to ever go away or I don't want it to ever I don't want it to ever be a fearful thing of for me to care for someone. I don't want it to be something that I should ever feel guilty about of not being able to care for that person at the same level that I once did. You know, I it's we're all constantly moving throughout life or in different stages of life at all the time at all times. And so I just what I need to remember is that I know my heart. If someone else doesn't know it, that's okay. I know my heart just because I may not talk to someone for months or sometimes even years now doesn't mean that I care about them any less. It just means that that relationship has changed, right? It may the, it's, it's different and that's okay. Different doesn't mean bad. Different doesn't mean that it's ended. It just means that it's different and that's okay. I'm moving on because I'm getting weird about that question actually and I hate it. So moving on. What does self-love mean to me? What does it not mean to me? Get specific. Okay, self-love to me, I think is, it's not the, okay, I guess I could start with the, it's not the treat yourself, right? It's not the thinking that you're better than everyone. It's not the uh, being the best looking. It's not the being the smartest in the room, being the funniest person or tricking yourself into thinking that either. What self-love is to me is when you're able to stand your ground, even if others don't see you the way that you want to be seen. So... I, of course, want to be seen as someone who's funny. I, of course, want to be seen as someone who is smart or is mature or can make them feel special. But I also want to be able to love myself enough to where if people aren't seeing that in me or if they aren't able to recognize that in me or they choose not to, then I can still love myself and stand my ground without being pushed over, without being shoved aside. I still want to be able to stand my ground. So... Self-love to me is loving myself, even though that there are imperfections, that there are things I can work on. And it's not, self-love isn't perfection. Self-love is just loving yourself in the state that you're in. I feel like sometimes we have more building going on in our lives during different times. And I feel like, especially right now, there's a lot of building going on for me, kind of almost deconstruction in a way too, of being like, okay, I thought that was the way to go about things or to how to handle my life. But I actually want to try a different approach. So it's taking down those steps that I had once built built, and bettering them and going in new directions with things. Anyways, I'm on a tangent. But that's what self-love is. It's not perfection. It's not a false sense of reality of like perfect, of thinking you're amazing or that you're, you don't have any flaws. That's not self-love or ignoring them. Self-love is when you can see your flaws, you can see yourself for as you are, and you continue to love yourself and choose yourself and stand your ground in the face of any odds against it. So there we go. All right, next question. Why did I give too much energy to a year ago that I can laugh at now? I think this is just a constant thing in my life of trying to get someone's attention. I A year ago, I, I was single, and so of course I was lonely, and so I was just trying to get people's attention, uh, not just a romantic attention, but any attention at all. And I feel like there was a lot of a lot of people that I was like, why am I am I trying so hard for them to be able to see me? And I think that's just something I always have to remind myself is with people, with the right people, you don't have to try to get them to see you. They're just gonna do it. They're just gonna know that you're something special and they're gonna hold on to that. I mean, you shouldn't have to you shouldn't have to exhaust yourself trying to get someone to appreciate you or to try to be friends with you. I think that's just an exhausting way to go. And so 
I can think about a lot of situations of where I was putting in so much too, I was putting in too much energy into these types of relationships or friendships. And now I'm just like, Wyatt, what were you doing? Like you're, you're too, you're too special and too important to be, to be doing that. And so, yeah, I think it's just funny now. And I think it's something that I'll probably laugh at in a year again and be like, what was I doing? All right. I think this will be our last question for today. When was the last time I shared my truth, even though it felt risky? This is a good question. When was the last time? So like my truth 100. Okay. I don't know the last time, but I can give you examples of when I've done this. I think the hardest time, the scariest, the riskiest times is talking to people that I truly love and saying that they did something that hurt my feelings. I think that's probably when it feels the most risky, but I've been really proud about, I've been really proud of myself for being able to handle those kind of conversations. Because in the past, I used to try to just play it off as like it didn't, I didn't mind it or whatever. But I've just kind of realized that the more I try to beat around the bush with that kind of stuff, or the more I try to play it off, the more that it actually does upset me and I get angry with that person. And that's, it's not fair for me to hold anger against a person without them knowing that what they did hurt me. And, or that's at least how I, how I believe my mind works. I, I don't believe it would be fair for me to do that. So I think that it's been really nice to people have those conversations, even though they are scary and seemingly risky, they've always been met, I shouldn't say always, they have been met a lot with compassion. And, you know, a lot of it is just misunderstanding or miscommunication, or I took something the wrong way and that's not how they meant it. And so it's always just nice to be able to have those conversations with be like, hey, what you said, it hurt my feelings. And it doesn't have to be this big giant thing either. I just can appreciate that. And I... I kind of had this mentality too of sometimes I worry too much about if I hurt someone else's feelings or if I'm make if I made someone feel sad and I just kind of have to remember like they are they are grown-ups they can handle those conversations too like if they're if they're mad at me or if there's if they are upset with me then they can be mature and tell me I don't think that confrontation is a bad thing or my boss says that confrontation makes the world go round and confrontation is a healthy thing it's just how it's dealt and handled that's when it can that's when it can be kind of unhealthy or whatever but confrontation isn't a bad thing so i'd say that was i don't know it's not i can't remember a last time situation of when i've had to say that to someone but i am proud of myself for doing it especially these last couple couple years i've been able to do that much more in my life than i have in the past so that's really good well that is all of my questions for self-love club today so thank you so much for listening If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to share it on social media. And even if not, thank you so much for listening and sticking it out through the end of the episode. I will see you next Tuesday. I don't think I can say that. I will catch you next, catch you next Tuesday isn't going to work either. I will be there next Tuesday for you to hear. That works. Have a good week. Bye.